Welcome, welcome spiritual family to a faithful God ministry at Vallejo First Great Church. It is truly an honor to be here with you today, whether you're listening online, watching online, or listening through our Spiritual Tea podcast, it is truly an honor to be here with you today and to share this good news. I know I speak for myself and Pastor David when I say that you are truly an amazing blessing to us here at a faithful God ministry and Vallejo First Great Church. So with that, let's begin. First and foremost, I want you to know that God loves you passionately and faithfully. Amen. Amen. And then let's give God glory. Let's give him praise and glory because see, no matter how hard the test was this week, no matter how hard the trials were this week, no matter how hard the news was this week, we made it. We are here today. We are breathing. Yes. Thank him. Thank him and praise him for his goodness and his glory. Yes. Amen. So with that, are you ready to receive the good news today? The good news of hope, love, and encouragement and faith in God. Now, I cannot change your current situation. I cannot do that. But what I can do is point you to the one who can. Amen, amen. And my goal today, my goal today is, is to bring the light of God into the darkest and the hardest areas on your pathway. Because see, what we have to do is we have to turn on the light to get rid of the dark. And that's what we're gonna do today. So the title of my message today, the title of my message today is Positive Focus, Positive Focus. And I'm going to spill all the spiritual tea about understanding and changing, changing our focus, changing our focus. So with that, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for another day for your glory. Thank you for breathing life and light into each and every single one of us. Thank you for the blood of Jesus that gives me the privilege to come before you boldly today. God, I recognize there is no better plan in this world than yours. And I pray for your will to be done in all areas of our lives that are empty and depleted. I pray for every person watching and listening right now, wherever they are, that you meet them where they are to experience you. Fill their lives, fill their hearts and minds with you and your love. I pray that you cover this message today for it is your truth. Cover it with your light and grace. You are a supernatural God doing supernatural things in this world. And I pray that you use me, use us in a supernatural way to fill your presence today. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. All in the name of Jesus, our Lord. Amen. So again, the title of my message is Positive Focus. But before I get into my message, I want to share a short, funny story with you. So one Saturday evening, a minister decided that he wanted to, to add a visual demonstration to his Sunday sermon. And so for this demonstration, he, he watered, he went outside in his backyard and he watered his lawn in the evening. And then when it was nighttime, he went back to his backyard with the flashlight. And he carefully selected four night crawlers, four worms, four night crawlers. And he placed the four worms into four separate jars. The first worm, was put into a container, put into the jar of alcohol. The second worm was put into a jar of cigarette smoke. The third worm was put into a jar of chocolate. And the fourth worm was put into a jar of good, clean soil. And so on Sunday morning, when he was in front of his congregation, he placed the four jars on the podium as he went into a sermon. And at the conclusion of his sermon, the minister reported the following results 
of the jars, the worms in the jars. And he says, and he, this was the results, the first worm in the jar of alcohol was dead. The second worm in the jar of cigarette smoke was dead. The third worm in the jar of chocolate was also dead. The fourth worm in the jar of good clean soil was alive. And so then the minister asked the congregation, what can you learn from this demonstration? And from the back of the church, from the back of the church came a response. And the response yelled out, as long as you drink, smoke, and eat chocolate, you won't have worms. And that pretty much ended the service. <laughs> so who's ready? Who's ready to hear the good news today? Some good news today. Because see, with so much negativity, so much hard news, I'm thankful. I'm thankful today. I'm thankful for God's living word, for God's living word that's going to speak to us today. That's going to speak to us today. See, Psalms 112, chapter one. Psalms chapter 112, verse 7 says, They will have no fear of bad news. Their hearts are steadfast, trusting in the Lord. And I believe the context is telling us, the context is telling us that when we are obedient, when we are obedient by focusing on God and by trusting in Him, none of the bad news, none of the hard news or, or circumstances will move us. None of it will move us. See, the fear, the bad news, the uncomfortable circumstances will not move us, will not move us. But see, with so much, with so much hard news right now, so much, so many of us are experiencing some really trying times right now. So many of us, how do we, how do we keep our focus? How do we keep our focus only on God? How do we keep our focus, our posi how do we be positively focused on God and not the issues, not the hard news. So last year, last year around this time, I gave a motivational speech. I gave a motivational speech at a nonprofit organization that helps homelessness. And in my speech, I spoke about the process of transformative transfer of our thoughts, basically changing our focus, changing our focus from the negative to the positive. And what I did is I referred to our thoughts as our mental garden, our mental spiritual garden. And in that garden, we have containers. We have containers and then we have a, a large open field. And within our containers, we have all our good yield, all of our good stuff, all of the stuff that makes us feel warm and fuzzy. That's basically all of our positive thoughts are in containers, are in containers. And then in that open field, it's just all the negative. It's all the negative thoughts, all the negative seeds. See, all of our good seeds, our positive seeds are all planted in containers. And see what we've done, what we've done with these containers is we've compartmentalized all of our good harvest, all of the good yield, all of the good positive thoughts. We've compartmentalized it and we've allowed for the good yield, our positive thoughts to become complacent to become confined in these containers that we have to manually water and take care of. You see, are you, are, are you still with me? Are you still with me? So here's the thing about containers. Here's the thing about containers. Containers are supposed to be used at the beginning stages, the beginning stages of growth. They're only supposed to be temporary, not permanent. They're not permanent. See, we're supposed to transfer all of our good yield, our good seeds, our positive seeds from the containers into the ground to allow for them to be fruitful and plentiful. Correct? Correct. Now, for example, 
For example, I read that if you take a baby shark, if you take a baby shark, if you take a baby shark and you put them in a fish tank, if you put a baby shark in the fish tank, that shark will only grow eight inches. It will only grow eight inches. But if you take that same shark, that same baby shark, and put them in the ocean, it can grow up to eight feet. So basically, our mind and our positive thoughts will only grow as much as we allow for it to grow. We can't have it confined in containers. You have to put it out there into the ocean, basically. Correct? Correct. So in order, in order to, to grow our, our mindset, in order to grow, our good stuff, our good yield, what we need to do is we need to take all the good stuff, all the good positive seeds out of those containers that we've compartmentalized. We need to take them out of the containers and plant them. We need to plant them in the open ground right in the midst of all that negative stuff, all of the negative seeds, all of the negative plants, right? And then once you do that, you feed it. You feed the good yield with God's word, with God's word, because who wins? Who wins? The one you feed the most. The one you feed the most. The one you feed the most. See, you want, you want all of that good yield, the positive thoughts to take root, to take root and grabbing on to, onto God's love to grow and continually produce, to continually produce good yield over and over and over again. See, understand, understand our brain our brain is programmed to believe the negative immediately. There's research that's done. There's data, there's studies that's done. Our brain is programmed, automatically programmed to believe the negative immediately, immediately. But it takes a full 15 seconds of focusing on anything positive before before you even start to believe it, before you even start to believe the positive it takes 15 seconds 15 seconds but we believe the negative immediately immediately who struggles with that if you think about it who struggles with that who struggles with that say for instance someone gave you a compliment say for instance you uh, did a presentation say for instance you did a presentation and your colleagues came up to you, people came up to you to, and gave you compliments. Oh, that was a great speech. That was a good speech. But then one person comes, negative Ned or negative Nancy comes up, and they, they give you a negative. It's good, but it could have been better if you would have done this. Who takes that, who takes that, that who takes the negative comment and become super hyper-focused on the comment, the negative comment, instead of all those positives that you receive. Who struggles with that? Who struggles with that? I know I do. I know I do all the time. I do it all the time. I do it all the time. For instance, I got a good example. I got a good example. I remember, I remember when I spoke, at a, at, I gave a, a spiritual message, a sermon at a homeless shelter. It was my very first time, my very first time. And I felt good about my message in God's word. I felt good about spreading the good news. And I felt like my message brought God's presence in some of their lives that particular evening, that it touched them and that they needed it at that particular evening, that particular evening. So 
when I ended my message, when I ended my message, some of the people came and they complimented me and they told me specifically that they really needed to hear that message. They really did, right? They really did. And it made me feel really good. It made me feel really, really good like I made a change in someone's life, right? But then there was a, another fellow pastor that was there that was listening to my message as well. And so he eventually came up to me and he told me, he began the conversation, what he said, with the message was good. He told me the message was good. And he asked me, do you mind if I give you a little bit of criticism? And I'm thinking, okay, well, so that's odd. Like, how can you criticize God's word? But okay. So I told him, okay, that's, that's fine. I mean, what else do you say? What do you say? Nope. So I'm like, okay, well, that's fine. And he told me next time, he told me that next time I shouldn't engage. I shouldn't engage with the crowd. I shouldn't engage with the audience while I'm speaking. I should just get up there, say what I have to say, and that's it. Don't do the amens. Don't do the corrects. Don't do the rise. Are you still with me? Don't ask questions. Don't engage with the crowd because you shouldn't care about what any of them have to say. That's what he told me. That's what he told me. And immediately... Immediately, I went from feeling really good and really positive to what I just would have from what I just done and what I've just said and how I've touched pe these people. I went from feeling really good about it to being super hyper focused on his negative comment. It snatched it all from me, it snatched that whole moment from me. It snatched the moment of me going and actually touching these people and talking to these people. It snatched the whole experience from me. See, again, our brain, our brain is programmed to focus more on the negative immediately, immediately, immediately disqualifying any positive. It immediately disqualifies any positive. And what that means is that we immediately internalize our own personal flaws against ourselves, against ourselves. See, Romans 12, two says, it says that we should be transformed. We should be transformed by renewing of our mind, by renewing of our mind. So how can we begin to transform our mind? How can we begin to transform our mind like Romans tells us, like Romans 12, 2 tells us? How can we begin to transform and renew our mind? And the first thing is to do is to call on God. Call on God. Call him. Call on God. Philippians chapter 4, Paul tells us to petition God with all of our requests with all of our requests, with the good requests, with the bad requests, with the not so good, with the so, with the so, so good requests, right? With all of our requests, not some of our requests, not just the bad requests, with all of our requests. Petition God with all of our requests. Petition God with all of our requests. But wait a minute, wait a minute. In chapter three, in Philippians chapter three, Paul reminds us that we can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. And then he proceeds to tell us in chapter four to call on God with all of our requests. See, he tells us first, we are strengthened. We are strengthened through anything through Christ. Every and everything, any and everything through Christ. And then he tells us to call on God with all of our requests. Ephesians 4.23 tells us, 
Let the spirit renew. Let the spirit renew your thoughts and your attitude to renew your thoughts and your attitude to renew your thoughts and your attitude. So again, how can we begin to transform our mind? Number one, call on God. Number two, number two, take every thought captive. Take every thought captive. Second Corinthians 10, five tells us, it tells us specifically to take every thought captive. Take every thought captive. See, because see, it's amazing. It's amazing when we can, what can happen, what can happen in our lives when we are intentional about the way we choose to view life. It's amazing what can happen in our lives when we are intentional about the way we choose to view life. Basically, when we become more positive focus. See, I read an article. I read an article that said negative thoughts. What they do is they shine the light on our on our own unconscious mind, causing the enemy to create a whole new reality, a whole new reality. And see, Paul told us, he told us in Ephesians, he told us that we constantly need to wear our helmet. We need to wear our helmet to protect ourselves against the enemy, against the enemy and his fiery arrows, against the enemy and his fiery arrows, against the enemy and his fiery arrows. So again, how can we transform our mind? Number one, call on God. Number two, Take every thought captive. Take every thought captive. And then number three, number three, focus on the blessings. Focus on the blessings. Focus on the blessings. We need to celebrate. We need to celebrate the small victories, the small blessings. Correct? Correct. That's what we need to do. See, Philippians chapter four, verse eight tells us, finally, finally, brothers, whatever is true, Whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Think about such things. Think about such things. Focus on the blessings. Focus on the blessings. There were two elderly women. There were two elderly women that went to an orchestrated type of concert. And on the way home, one asked the other, how did you like it? And the other woman said, the way the first violinist blew his nose after the first selection just ruined the entire evening for me. See, some people miss the entire concert of their life because they focus on the wrong thing. They focus on the wrong thing. One day, just recently, one day, a pastor, a pastor told a story about a guy named Scott. And this was the story. Scott, Scott was one of the nicest, most easygoing guys that the pastor ever came across. And so the pastor was completely shocked when they were having a private conversation in the pastor's office and that Scott had shared with him that he had concluded that the best, that it was best for him to take his own life. 
He went on to tell the pastor about the ongoing anxiety he felt, the depression that he fought, and that he was just tired of being alone and hurting. And he thought the best solution would be for him to take his life. At that moment, the pastor prayed. He prayed to himself for God to help him in that moment, give him the right words to say, give him the right actions, give him some wisdom and some guidance of what to do, how to lead him, how to lead Scott. And so the pastor looked after he prayed, he looked at Scott and he saw so many good things about Scott, so many good things about him. And the pastor then took a notepad, a yellow notepad, and he said to Scott, I believe you're supposed to give me 100 reasons. 100 reasons why your life matters. 100 reasons why you should live. 100 reasons to be encouraged. Give me some reasons and I'm gonna write them down. And Scott just looked at him hopeless and said, there's no reason I can't think of single, a single one. The pastor then said, no. Tell me something good about yourself. Tell me something good about yourself. What do you really like to do? And Scott answered, well, I'm a pretty good, good writer. And so the pastor wrote it down. And the pastor continued to tell Scott to, to keep telling him something else about himself. And about on, on the number seven or eight, he started to kind of have a little bit of a breakthrough. Scott kind of started to have a little bit of a breakthrough. And instead of feeling heavy with no reason to live, he started to smile and he continued to give more and more and more. And before long, they hit number 20 and then 22 and 25. And Scott, and Scott what he did is he started crying. He started crying and saying, and still, but still continuing reason after reason why his life was valuable and why he should be encouraged enough to go on. They eventually listed a hundred reasons on the front and back of the yellow notepad. And then they prayed. The pastor prayed and the pastor asked God to put those reasons on Scott's heart, to put the hundred reasons on Scott's heart that he would know that he could be encouraged by God who was with them and a God who loves them and a God who has given them so many reasons to live, so many reasons. And then the pastor folded up the little piece of paper and he gave it to Scott. And so Scott and the pastor lost touch over the years. But one day, many years later, one day as the pastor was preaching, he looked out into the congregation and he saw Scott. And Scott was there. He had brought his new wife and son. And the two after the sermon, the two gentlemen hugged. And Scott turned to the pastor and he, he told the pastor, he said to the pastor, do you remember that time in, the, in your office? That time saved my life. And the pastor asked them, do you still have that yellow notepad, that yellow, note, that yellow notepad piece of paper? And Scott smiled really big and he reached back into his wallet. He opened it up and he pulled the piece of paper out. And he said, I've carried it with me all the time everywhere. This completely saved my life. And then he handed it to the pastor and said, I want you to have it. Scott continued to say, remember the prayer you prayed. 
I no longer need to read it on paper because those 100 reasons are now in my heart. Listen, listen. For those of you, for those of you that are hurting right now, that are weary right now, that are discouraged about all the circumstances in your life, all around you at this moment right now, I'm asking God to put the reasons, put these reasons on your heart so you can be encouraged by, by a God, by a God who was with you, who is always with you, and a God who loves you, who loves you deeply and passionately, and a God who has given you so many reasons to live, to live through these circumstances, to live through these hard times, to live through the hard news, to live through the bad news. See, whenever you feel yourself down, depressed, discouraged, or afraid, when the negative thoughts begin to break through, we need to be more, when you need to become more positive, focused, be like Scott, write down a hundred words to be encouraged, a hundred reasons to keep your faith, to tell yourself, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Amen? Amen. Write down a list and see today, right now, what I'm going to do for you at this moment, I'm going to start that list for you. I'm going to start that list for you. I'm going to start the list for you to help you to become more positive, focused on God. And you can begin your list of encouragement with this. This is what you write. I am the righteous of God in Jesus Christ. I am blessed coming in and I am blessed going out. My sins have been forgiven. I am redeemed. I am a child of the living God. I am joint heir with Jesus Christ. I am the ambassador of the most high God. I am free from the power of sin and of death. I am filled with the very spirit that raised, raised Christ from the dead. I am the workmanship of God created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he has prepared for me in advance to do so. My sins are completely given. I am a new creation in Christ. I am called by God to be a light in this dark world. I am the salt on this earth. I am more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. I am the head. I'm not the tail. I am seated in heavenly places with my Savior Jesus. My God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I want you to plant the positive yield the positive focus. I want you to be encouraged. I want you to be become more positive focus. See, our God, our God loves you. He loves us. He loves anything that touches you. Correct, correct. Our God loves you more than you can ever imagine. Our God understands your pain. His word is true. He is always faithful. His promises are for you are for you so when you're down talk to yourself talk to yourself words of encouragement words of faith words of life words of God amen amen wherever you are right now just lift your hands up and receive them and I'm gonna close with a prayer Heavenly Father, we ask today that by the power of your word, you would encourage your church. God, 
I can only imagine in all the different parts of the world, all the different scenarios and, and all the different levels of pain and complications people have experienced this week. We thank you that you're a God who encourages us. Fill us with your spirit so we can follow you and live for you. Give us your purpose that we can live and glorify you every single day. My life, our life is not our own. We give it to you. Be with us, cover us this week. Give us the strength, the patience and the guidance. We commit our spirit into your hands. We pray that you fill our mind, our hearts and our thought, thoughts until there's none of us and only all of you. We believe that you will move in a mighty way in our lives. We thank you in advance for the way that you will move us over the next week. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. So with that, with that, let's come to a close. Thank you again for joining me today and listening to my message, listening to the good news. A quick reminder, a quick reminder before we go about Vallejo First Great Church Sunday service with Pastor David tomorrow at 9.30. It's gonna be a powerful, powerful message. Please stay tuned right here, same time, not same time, not same time, 9.30, that's not the same time. But right here online on our, on our Spiritual Tea Podcast, this week, this week, you will receive absolute blessings. God is going to move. It's going to be miraculous moves in your life this week. Because see, you have God's unconditional love. He will carry you. And my friends, you've heard the good news. You've heard the good news today. And we hope, we hope that you felt God's presence in your life today. And if so, all I ask is that you just take the time and just share this message with at least five people. With at least five people. And with that, many blessings. What is a compassionate connection? A compassionate connection is praying for one another. A compassionate connection is doing our part. Bottom line, during a time like this, a compassionate connection saves lives. Do your part. This ad is sponsored by a faithful God ministry.